You're listening to Ann Croker, Writing Coach, where I'm sharing my best tips and training skills and strategies to coach writers to improve their craft, pursue publishing, and achieve their writing goals. I'm Ann Croker, and this is episode 230, How to Structure Your Nonfiction Book. You're tackling a nonfiction book, and you're making progress. You're doing research, you're writing, and now you're staring at all those ideas and you're wondering how best to present them. Your book needs form, it needs organization, it needs structure. And you're wondering, how do I best land on a structure? How do I create it, craft it, build it? Well, I've got answers for you. In this video, I'm walking you through four ways you can organize your nonfiction book or any nonfiction project. So here's the thing. There's no one standard way to organize your material. There's no one way to structure your nonfiction book. Think about bridges, how there's all different kinds of bridges that are needed for different situations. We might have a drawbridge or a suspension bridge or an arch bridge, just depending on the, the method of crossing over something. You have to build it according to what the landscape is like as well. Just as an engineer needs to study the situation and then determine the best type of bridge to address this crossing, you get to do the same with your book. You need to look at all your material and you get to decide on the best way to structure your nonfiction book. I'm going to present you with four different approaches you can take. You can apply these to short form writing if you like. I think they would work just as well. But I'm going to be talking about it as it pertains to a nonfiction book just because it's bigger, it's more unwieldy, it feels a little overwhelming. So once you get a handle on how you might structure it and how you might approach structuring it, then you can feel more confident moving forward with all of that material. And then you can test those same methods with short form projects that you have in the works. And if you're feeling overwhelmed by structure, you're in good company. In a Writer's Digest interview, Michael Lewis said this, I agonize over structure. I'm never completely sure I got it right. Whether you sell the reader on turning the page is often driven by the structure. Every time I finish a book, I have this feeling that, oh, I've done this before, so it's going to be easier next time. And every time, it's not easier. Each time is like the first time in some odd way because it is so different. The book you're working on now is different from any other book you've worked on. It's different from Michael Lewis's. It's different from mine. You need to discover what's the best structure for this book. Let's talk about the first way you can go about determining your book's structure. The first way is by discovery. Through the discovery approach, you're going to write your way into it. Marion Roach Smith recently interviewed on her podcast, QWERTY. She interviewed Elizabeth Rosner about her book. Marion observed that in Survivor Cafe, Elizabeth Rosner chose different terms and concepts and horrors related to the Holocaust. She presented them early on in the book using the alphabet. It was a way of structuring that content. Rosner said the alphabet was a way to explain, here are all the things I'm going to talk about that I don't really know how to talk about. Here are all the words I don't know how to explain. So Marion asks, how did you arrive at this alphabet structure? And here's what Rosner said in reply. I love getting to talk about structure and decisions, and when we talk about them after they've been made, it all seems so thoughtful and careful and deliberate, and everything 
in reality, is so messy and chaotic for me that it's always amazing to me how neat and coherent it seems afterwards. So you can see that she sort of discovered it. She stumbled on this approach to provide almost an alternative table of contents for the book, she said, and she just landed on it. It was something that she came upon by discovery. And I find that a lot of people who are working on their books, they have a lot of different Ways they may do that, they might use post-its to organize their notes, they might be in Scrivener and be working with the cork board, or they might be working with uh, three by five cards. I know Susan Orlean does that a lot. It doesn't really matter the method you're getting there, but you're, you're trying to organize all of this material and eventually it kind of presents itself in the process of organizing notes and in the process of writing. So even through free writing, a chapter, you might begin to land on structure, structure that will work for this book. So however you organize your notes, you're basically trying to discover the structure as you continue to work on, on this material and move it around and, and figure out the best way to present it. It could be that the structure just naturally, organically emerges as you're writing chapters and as you're writing sections within chapters, you may start to see some sort of pattern emerge that presents itself as the solution for this nonfiction book. The second way you can land on structuring your book is by determining it in advance. In fiction, we talk about plotters and pantsers. Plotters are people who plot out their novel in advance and then follow that plot pretty closely while they're writing their novel. Pantsers are people who write by the seat of their pants. It's that discovery method they're approaching for writing their fiction work, their novel. So if we were to apply this idea of plotters and pantsers to nonfiction, then this first method I just talked about, which is discovery writing, that would be a pantser approach to your nonfiction. You're writing your way into it and discovering the structure as you work on it, and it's unfolding before you as you discover what it would be. Same with pantsers who are working on their novels in that same way. They're discovering it as they write. This is a perfectly acceptable way to go about structuring your book. It can be less efficient than other methods to go the pantser route, but it also can yield really rich results because you're letting the process guide and inform what you're doing. The plotter approach is more like this one that I'm presenting for your nonfiction book, which is to basically determine your own structure in advance. So in this way, you are like a plotter, you're determining in advance the outline that makes sense for the ideas. And you do this in many different methods. Some people like to use the mind mapping or cluster approach. You may have seen this where somebody writes a word or a key term in the center of a giant piece of paper, it could be a small piece of paper if you want, but it could be a whiteboard. And in the middle of that space, you write the keyword or phrase that captures the big idea of your book. Most people, you know, underline or circle it. And from there, if you're doing this kind of um, cluster approach, you then start just letting your mind think through all of the subtopics you would want to talk about. These subtopics would probably be chapters in the book. But because you're no longer using a linear approach, you're using a cluster effect, you're letting your mind sort of just go in whatever direction it wants to go. And so you start capturing these ideas on this on this whiteboard or whatever, you know, material you're using to capture the ideas. And then you try to come up with 
subtopics within each of those clusters that are coming out from the main idea. This is a way you can land on the main ideas you want to tackle in light of your big idea, your concept for your book. A more classic approach, of course, is an outline method. You can go the traditional route with the Roman numerals one, two, and three with the with the I's and the V's, or you can, uh, and those are followed by the ABC's and so on. Or you can just make lists. You can just use regular numbers or bullet points just to get your ideas out. Now, this may come out and unfold in a more linear fashion on a piece of paper or, again, on a whiteboard. It doesn't really matter how you go about it. The idea is you are thinking through your idea, you're thinking through the research that you are doing or have done, and you're piecing it all together to decide what are the topics I want to tackle in light of my major concept for this book. Once you land on that structure, then you get to write to that structure, just as a plotter will write to the plot that he or she has determined in advance when working on a novel. In the same way, you'll do that with your nonfiction book when you determine your own structure. The third approach you can take to structuring your book is to choose a classic structure. And by classic, I mean that there are classic outlines that have stood the test of time, that you can just turn to those and see if you can layer those onto your book. Let me give you a few examples. The first would be problem, cause, solution. Or you could even drop the cause if you want to, but in a book, sometimes we talk about the cause of a problem so that we can address that cause and eliminate it. Then we can present the solution, and most of the book would be about the solution. Problem, cause, solution is a fabulous classic structure that you can use for your nonfiction project. And this one works really well, not only for nonfiction books, but even for shorter projects. You'll find that this is used often in marketing tactics where people are presenting the the problem and addressing the cause and then saying, here's the solution that will address this problem. Another classic structure you could grab and attempt to organize your material around it would be past, present, future. This can work really well with different kinds of topics where you look back on the history of what brought us to a certain event or pattern in our culture. Now you talk about where we're at right now and then where we should be going and how we can be moving in that direction. You can see how this provides a natural flow and it's an easy to follow pattern to follow past, present, and future you can actually play around with these structures and you can actually start with present, then look back at the past and then look forward to the future. So you're not locked in to just past, present, future. You can play with these to make them fit your project. Another classic structure you could borrow would be a narrative structure, which you might wanna call once upon a time. This has a beginning, middle and end with a story in it and you can let the story arc organize the content. Obviously, a narrative arc is going to work really well for a biography or a memoir, but you can actually layer a narrative arc over ideas that you want to present and let the story sort of guide the order in which you present the ideas. So that's another ready-made classic structure that you can grab for your use on your nonfiction book. So the fourth way you can structure your book is to borrow and adapt another structure. If you have a chance, go back and listen to episode 229, How to Read Like a Writer. 
When you do, you'll get ideas for how to read in an analytical way and see what you can apply to your own work as it tutors you. But what you can also do is pay attention to the other book's structure and see what works. Find some inspiration. You can borrow and adapt some structure and apply it to your own work in progress. If you felt it was especially effective at drawing you into the book and walking you through the material, can you study that structure, figure out what worked? You can look at the table of contents, for example, and study how they organized it. If somebody's put together a really unusual structure, then you need to be careful that you are not plagiarizing their choices. But really, there's only a limited number of ways we can organize material in a book. So we can be inspired. This can be really fun to be reading in another genre and see an idea that you might be able to adapt to yours in a totally different genre. Let's just say you you came across a biography and for whatever reason, this biography started organizing the person's life in seasons. They use seasons to talk about that. So they've got different seasons of the year or maybe even months of the year. And you thought, I would never have thought about that for my leadership book, but that would work great for totally different reasons. So then you can kind of adapt this, borrow the concept, borrow the structure, and then adapt it for this completely different project. Maybe I won't use months, but maybe I could talk about Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4 to organize my leadership book, because that now makes a lot of sense because business people might think in terms of quarters, and that's now no longer the same as this biography that was organized by, by months, but by seeing the months, it got you thinking about quarters. And now you can kind of reimagine how your content could fit in this new structure. So borrow and adapt. Don't plagiarize, but find inspiration by looking at other people's material and saying, huh, how can I use a similar idea and play around with that as I'm finding my own structure from my book? You can land on a structure for the first time or experiment or even revise to try another way of structuring your book at any point in the process, whether you're at the beginning of the book or you're halfway through and you decide this structure is just not working. I need to try something new. It's laborious to reorganize, but it can be worth it when you land on one that allows your readers to move through that material, really apply what they're learning and be transformed. Rather than just grabbing the first idea that comes to your mind, take a little time to play around with these different kinds of structures that I've presented, these different approaches to landing on a structure so that you can find the support you need for your ideas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you're a writer looking for input and confidence as you establish and advance your career. And if you found it helpful, leave a positive review. That small action helps other writers discover it, and it's an easy way to be a good literary citizen. I'm Ann Croker, writing coach. Thank you for listening.